Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to the penny bloom podcast remember remember the 5th of november Mm. today we are talking v for vendetta premiered at the austin butt numathon december 11th 2005 it is uh written by the wachowski sisters so that revolutionary spirit bleeding through hard as it was written by the creators of the matrix and directed by James McTeague. I did not know. Yeah, yeah. I, I was excited to give you that little tidbit. You hadn't that, mentioned it, which meant wow, you didn't know. So I, I was did ready. Not know it. Yeah, oh, I was ready to give you that so little bit. Better. So, uh, oh, yeah. Wow. I'm Colton Robertson. I'm joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, it's always a pleasure to be here, and even more of a pleasure knowing this information now. I already, I don't know. I already really, really like this movie. That's for sure. Uh, but mm. now just that little, uh, it keeps getting better. It's like fine wine right now. I'm, yeah, I'm it's a nice these- little, it's a nice little lens to view a movie through whenever the Wachowski sisters are, uh, are the ones who penned it or directed it. You know, the revolutionary spirit that bleeds through in V for Vendetta, um, coming from the minds of two trans women, uh, it's, mm. which is inherently revolutionary. Uh, like that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty, it's pretty strong, you know, and uh, I think it, I, I loved this movie, man. I'm not like I. I'm coming away very, very high on this movie. It yeah, was yeah. it was actually a first viewing for me. Um, Which is crazy. I think probably one of the only ones where I have seen the movie before you. Mm. But even my viewing, I've had one when I was very young, right? And I remember probably like coming off Star Wars, off some of the prequels, seeing Natalie Portman, and then I I just saw Natalie Portman was in this movie, and uh, she was my childhood crush. So I, I kind of. Anything she was in, I I would see. Oh, and I had a, uh, I had a very different view of this movie in my head than what it actually was. Mm. Like, I thought, I I knew nothing about this movie coming into it. So when we kick this movie off and it's like, big government, big brothers watching over you, we need to stop that shit. I'm like, okay, I'm in. You know, it kicks (laughs) off with the dude being like, uh, the former United States. And I'm like, oh, let's see what this is all about. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, crazy conglomerate of what's going on here it's in the the late 20s or you know sometime in the future i believe it's i believe it's you know? 2020 really did yeah. they did they actually say a year that's crazy um but come coming out in 2005 so this is set in their future where they in their future you know, our past they think the the world is going but hey, then they're hey. using all these it's like i don't know it was i don't know it was a beautiful mashup of time and all these stories that just and and ideas that come mm. together and like I don't I I just I remembered I liked this movie and I don't I didn't remember why and I was like was it really just Natalie Portman you know and like I was just crushing on her but now I'm I'm very glad to know that it was more than that like there was something more um I don't think my my little human brain at like age I'd say I was probably under 10 the first time I saw this 
Um, mm. So I, I there's no way I understood all of what it meant and all the revolutionary stuff, but I definitely knew that V was a badass and yeah. was was just very clean while doing so. And uh, but now watching it, you know, full. I mean, my brain almost fully developed. I'm not 25 quite yet, but I'd say I have a, a better head on me. And this is this has been one of my favorites just to watch on the project so far. Um, just in general, like, I don't know, it was just a, a really, really fun, um, it was hitting all the right notes, you know, as far as just the revolutionary spirit goes, and man, it just makes so much sense that, um, I, like, I, wow, I, I don't know, I, I would've, because I was trying to think of other revolutionary movies that kind of move me like this, and that actually, like, kind of lights that spark, you know, a mm-hmm. little bit, and I'm like, yeah, the, the Matrix, that, that's, you know, that's, that's one that does it. Uh, yep. For me, I, and I just love all the sci-fi of it and everything. This one, yeah, I don't know. Hey, Barely this one's much more fantastic at all. Yeah, you know? no, this one's much more cerebral, uh, much more like literary mm-hmm. than The Matrix. You know, it's not a it's not a visual effects uh, mm-hmm. marvel or anything. And there's certainly visual effects, but it's clearly not on the level of Ma- of The Matrix. It had to ground itself in a story that. And I mean, not to say that The Matrix, I, The Matrix is one of my favorite movies of all time, top 10. So I'm not being like, V for Vendetta is better than The Matrix because yeah. I don't believe that. But, uh, like it, it had a lot of heavy lifting to do from the story because it didn't have that sort of, uh, whoa, look at the shit they're putting in front of me. This is wild. I'd never imagine mm-hmm. I'd see anything like this sort of thing, you know, because what they're really doing is, you know, capturing it's 2005, you know, we're, we're in the heart of the Bush administration. You know, the Patriot Act has been signed into law. It's, uh, it's about handing your freedoms over to the government out of, out of fear for, you know, terror and, uh, what that can ultimately lead to if it snowballs into, you know, a, a guy like, uh, what was his name? Suddler? The, Oh, what was his title? Yeah, Adam uh, Sutler, High Chancellor. Yeah, Chancellor. Adam Sutler. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, Sutler. Uh, yeah, I mean, this, I, like, even as a kid, I think it's pretty clear. Like, their messaging is very clear. Like, they're it's not, insane. like, it's not hidden at all. They're very, like, it, it's even spoken a lot of times, just in whether V's talking to, to Evie or if it's, like, literally him when he's giving his, like, address to everyone. Like, he's on hmm. that, you know emergency broadcast and he's talking to everybody Great like scene. that oh my god like his, his speech was just he's so eloquent and like how he talks you know so it's like okay i gotta maybe listen to this guy he sounded you know he sounds like he knows what he's talking about and he's just so beautiful in the way he talks but like seeing like all the family's reactions you know like of hearing it and like seeing where everyone else was while watching and then like minutes after it's like yep the terrorist was taken care of and was killed and like and you just saw like some of the families hearing that word mm-hmm. and were like what they were like, you know like what are you talking about you know like um i don't know it's it was kind of the wakowski sisters are just a little ahead of their time i guess always they they, they oh, they're locked they, in like they got they got this shit figured out so, and you know this is based off of the alan moore comic from the 1980s which was more influenced by you know uh the Margaret Margaret Thatcher administration in the UK amidst the eighties mm. um, and uh, applicable to Ronald Reagan as well. You know, like it was a bad time for politics worldwide um, at that, at yeah. that period of time. 
Um, and there was a, there was a real concern about the rise of fascism. And then there's another one, another one, another 20 years later. And here we are another 20 years later. And, you know, it's just kind of cyclical, you know, you keep going like, ah, man, this doesn't look good. Ah, man, this, this, cause the, the stuff, there's that part where the detective, the inspector, I should say, is talking about the vision he had or like the, uh, the hunch mm-hmm. he has. And he's like, I could, I could see it all play out in my mind and like, uh, everything that happens, the reason this, this rise to power happens and all like, it's, it's not far off from what we see, you know, in everyday life. And it's kind of, it's, it's frightening, you know? Like this, it's a comic book movie, you know, it's made by DC. It's, it's like not, you know, this isn't historical, you know, this isn't real, but mm. I mean, God damn, if I'm, if I'm not thinking of everything that's happening in the real world, like while watching this, I'm like, oh my God, like, oh, like yeah. just taking a step back and being like, you know, a virus, that, you know, that the government has the cure for. And a I'm virus like, that came, like, that wiped out people in okay. 2020. Yeah, okay. Um, that's, you yeah, know, no, frightening. I don't know, in like the news, and like seeing like, uh, I, I just ca- kind of, the Tucker Carlson of this yeah, movie, yeah. you know, and like seeing how he's like in his, me- like in the shower, he watches, you know, his, his shows back. Like, and it's all that he can think about, and he's just so, like, egotistical. Like, I don't know, and it was, like, everything that was here, like, usually, like, in early 2000s movie, it's a little, like, cringy when they go in, like, the future. Like, things just, like, mm. thought the future would look like, and or, like, whatever, like, comes off, comes across, like, when you look back at it, it's, like, very weird. But this is pretty timeless here. Like, it's yeah. it's just the story, like, the, the type. It's- of people and like the, the idea of them, I guess. There's actually an interesting movie that came to mind as far as an influence on the portrayal of a futuristic UK where things are different. Um, uh, a clockwork orange. I was just going to say, yeah. yeah. Well, something that came to mind where I was like, Oh, this is a little, this is this, you know, it's got, it's obviously very different story from what a clockwork orange was putting forth and, mm-hmm. uh, not as fantastical and off the wall as a clockwork orange might've been. But, uh, you, you know, when you're, when you're looking to create a surreal future that doesn't feel so far off, that's not a bad reference point, you know, like that's, yeah. uh, that's, that's a good place to go. And I think this movie kind of builds on that in a really compelling way because, you know, these, there's nothing futuristic about this, you know, it, with the, with the rise of fascism, it kind of gives you the impression that it is, it's just gotten more run down, dark, grim. There haven't been advancements in tech, you know, like most of the stuff that's in this movie was the technology of 2005. And I know that's not like a, you know, they, they made the movie in 2005. Of course, they're just going to tell, mm. they might just tell the story that way. But when you are setting it in the future, that feels important. You know, it's like there hasn't been these leaps forward in any regard. You you aren't progressing at all. You are stagnant in your social development because you are arresting and murdering people who aren't straight white people, you know, essentially. Yeah, they were, I mean, not afraid to get down and, like, to the nitty-gritty of these details of, like, who they're taking and just the black bags over their heads, you know, and they just mm-hmm. disappeared. Never heard of them again. Getting a little too close to to thinking the right things and you know you're saying the right things and if it threatens the 
administration and it threatens their, you know, what they're doing. It's like they only see it one way. It's like, and, you know, we have the CIA, just a glo- – it's it's really weird. It's like a – am I going to be put on a watch list after this podcast? I don't know, after talking yeah, right. about certain things because we will talk about, like, the parliament building blowing up. Um, yeah. Revolution to start that, having, like – people go out and see it and like it's it'd be great if we could resolve all of our issues peacefully you know like it, it'd be fantastic mm. um but just it, in history it doesn't seem to work out that way when no. you, you ask for things peacefully they they tend to to keep us where we are and yeah. uh where we're comfortable in air quotes you know our, well, like, that's our... the thing is that like uh, in that emergency broadcast when he's taken over the emergency system, which another of note thing is that like that they were hoisted by their own petard there where the the guy who ran the network was like, hey, you told me how you wanted this. You said every screen in London and he just managed to get in. I, hardly my fault, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's obviously they, they'd want it for their use, you know, so that if they ever needed to to spread some fascism you know at any moment's notice they could but didn't really think of you know what happens if someone else gets their hands on it yeah it's like that's the they never like they they think they're just always on top no matter what and they mm-hmm. i mean because i mean that's that's the system that you had that it has to work that way you have to you have to suppress everyone and make them think that they can't do this and like that it's 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 impossible. Like it's it's even like even Evie was like still wanting to snitch and like get out of it. Like initially after like she she was like kind of shown the truth a little bit and and was convinced. She was still like I don't know. I mean, you know I I think you know I'm gonna get in a lot of trouble for this. This isn't isn't good. Um, but I think that's like the importance of of V and like the single domino piece that he holds on to and like everything like that is just to show that. I mean, this is quite elaborate, and uh, he, you know, this is a plan that is stretching over years and stuff that he's been planning. He's been waiting for the inspector, like all these things. But it's one dude that was doing all this stuff. You mm. know? Like it's it's one a difference of like Batman going out there and literally like fighting people and like fighting the crime literally to try to stop it, and then like a uh, someone like V that is trying to like completely stop it from the root, like and not even yeah. just crime but like corruption every yeah like the whole government which is i don't know i just anytime that's going to be in a movie i'm gonna i'm gonna love it absolutely man and it was like the performances in this movie are fucking fantastic you know uh natalie portman is already super impressive as evie but then you have hugo weaving our agent smith another matrix crossover there um where uh He's he's putting on a hell of a performance, and you do not see his face. This is one of the best pieces of mask acting in film, like blockbuster film, like ever. This is incredible, you know. Yeah. And apparently, it wasn't even him. Like there was someone else in the mask. Uh, I forgot. Like they went with someone completely different. And he's just voiced. O- he voiced over everything. Uh, no kidding. Like a, like a Darth Vader. Um sort of thing. Yeah, I, I was reading the trivia. Um and the, the director was like, Can I notice a difference? Yeah, but could anyone else? I doubt yeah, it was James Purefoy as V. Um certain oh certain scenes. Maybe not okay. Certain scenes. Sorry. So not everything. I, I painted out okay. yeah, certain scenes 
feature James Purefoy as V, who was the original cast in the role, but then replaced by Hugo Weaving four weeks into filming. Um, so I guess there was only four weeks worth of stuff, but but then they said that Weaving's voice was simply dubbed over Purefoy's performance in post-production, and the director said in the interview, can I tell the difference? Yeah, but can the audience tell? I doubt it. And Man, I mean, that's I, impressive. I couldn't. Yeah, I, I didn't know... I would have thought that he was in there like it is interesting how to film that because if he's actually in the mask and talking, it would be very muffled. And like, even if they had like a boom mic right above him, you know, it's probably voiced over no matter what in most scenes. Or do you think it's just actually? I don't know. It's a good question. I thought, I thought it sounded like it was coming through a mask. I didn't think it sounded clean necessarily. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder how that's done. Like if, if it is in a booth and then they, like, even if you are in a booth and you have to record it, do you record it through a mask so that it does still sound like it's coming through a mask? Or is it, mm. like, post-process somehow? I don't know. Yeah, um, that's interesting. But, I don't know, a super cool, like, just Matrix connection there. That, like, I didn't know the, the like, Wachowski sisters were involved in this at all. I only knew yeah. Hugo Weaving was, and I'm like, oh, you know. Well, there's a, there's a further Matrix connection connection and uh, Keanu Reeves connection at large where uh, the stunt double for V when he's emerging from the fire of Larkill is Chad Stahelski. Mm-hmm. And Chad Stahelski was Keanu Reeves' stunt double in the Matrix movies and the director of all four John Wick movies. Oh, damn. Um, yeah, Chad Stahelski, very, very well established. So th- that little piece of trivia where he is literally walking through fire wearing nothing but a special yeah. fire-resistant gel and G-string. That's uh, pretty baller. I mean, that's pretty nuts. Like, I mean, it was dark, so like you could like you couldn't you know just see that the dude was in a G-string. He's on fire, I guess you know, and everything like that. But that's incredible to think like think about back. Just I'm gonna watch that scene now, and that's the only thing that's gonna run through my head is that that dude's just in a G-string. But yeah, I don't know. This this movie is very like I want to. I'm definitely watching it again. That's for sure. But I've done like just done more research into this movie after the fact uh, because it it was so interesting. And like I love Constantine. I thought that was that was really good. And I'm like, ooh, I need to see like what these comics are like. But this one like was different. This one I I watched and I'm like, okay, like I need to read this like, graphic novel. Yeah, like I, I don't know. This this was. Uh, I want to see like how heavily inspired it was or, you know, if there were any changes, anything like that. Uh, Cause I feel, I feel like uh, at least looking through a little bit, a lot of the dialogue that he was said, like comes straight from uh, the graphic novel, a lot mm. of, a lot of the lines and one of my favorite lines. Um, I think it will be mine. I don't I can't more of a scene. I don't know. Okay. But this line, he's just talking to Evie Um and he said that people should not be afraid of their governments, but the government should be afraid of their people. Mm. And and it's just – it was like it, just a normal conversation that was between him and Evie. No broadcast, not talking to anyone larger. But like every time he spoke, it was always about his principles or like – Yeah, about his about his motive, um, about his yeah. mission. Yeah. Um, you could just tell that like if if this person is going to exist, it has to be their whole life. You know, yeah. like – you can't work a full-time job and come home and then just have like a revolution on the side. You know, this, this, this has to be all you think about. 
And well, and that scene in and of itself was also one of my favorites when she like wakes up after the broadcast uh, station and he's making breakfast in his little apron and stuff, and he's yeah, he flips he does the, say the line. You're right. He isn't an apron when he says this. Which yeah, is- it, like he's he's being perfectly casual about it. She's like, "What's you know what what's this all about?" And he's like, "Well, you see, you know, this is this is what I'm about." And because uh, that's kind of the thesis for the film, you know, the uh, government's. Uh, people should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Like that's a, that's an operative thesis in, in a, in a perfect world, which is not a world we exist in, you know, we coexist happily, but in the world we do live in, it is best for the government to be afraid of the people. I think, you know? Yeah. Like you shouldn't, you should look to the government and be like, ah, help. Or like, ah, like this, I don't like, they can help me or like I, I can go to the government with my problems if I have nowhere else to go. They shouldn't feel useless. But, like there's no feeling in me whatsoever that is like feeling safe with the government, you know, like mm. that's, and that's the whole point is to, to keep us safe in our country and have us, you know, happy and run, run things. But, uh, I mean, it, it is like fear. Like they said, it was, it, they didn't know, that the best thing to come out of this, um, all of this, you know, con- bad conglomerate, the virus, the, I forgot what else was kind of going on at the time. I felt like, the, oh yeah, the, maybe like a, the civil war in the United States. Mm-hmm. Like the world was heating up and then through this virus and everything that, that they thought was their weapon, you know, what ended up being the true weapon was fear and that the, con- you know, control over everyone over mm-hmm. fear and, yeah, the use of misinformation and spreading propaganda yeah. and being like, uh, you know, the the immediately trying to quell the revolutionary spirit after he's like, meet me in a year at Parliament. And they're like, we killed him. You don't have to worry about that. You know, he's dead. Um, Like, that's that's some dirty shit, you but, know? I mean, going to be honest, this would probably be the coolest real revolution ever you know like like dude literally made a a theatrical play basically like dude was perfect about everything you know and obviously this is a movie and it's written that way but man if 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 we're gonna have a revolution anytime soon i'd like it to to be this way um you know i don't know this this was i just loved how confident he was in every like every encounter he had I mean, I guess he's sort of like some experiment gone wrong. You know, when he got shot by an entire firing squad and was like, all right, my turn. Now let me kill all y'all. And then, you know, he still died afterwards. But dude was. It almost felt like he was trying to make the point that what kept him going was his mission. It wasn't like, you know, and we do get the explanation from the scientist lady at some point that like. He's got some other shit going on. Cellularly, he is mutated in a way that makes him different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, it was still really cool to see that sort of drive. Oh, what's up? Sorry, hold on. Ah, sorry. Just got uh, an important letter. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but... uh this was a, it was just really, really well done. And I appreciated the, the spirit of V, if not the, uh, you know, I, I, he was very over the top. And I actually really, really loved that. You know, like one of my favorite lines was, uh, 
his his introduction, an epic character introduction, you know, voila! In view of humble vaudevillain veteran cast vicariously as both victim and villain by the vicissitudes of fate, the visage no mere veneer of, van- of vanity is a vestige of the vox populi. Now vacant, vanished. However, this valorous visitation of a bygone vexation stands vivified and has vowed to vanquish these venal and virulent vermin vanguarding vice and vows... <laughs> vouchsafing the violently vicious and voracious violation of volition the only verdict is vengeance a vendetta held as a votive not in vain for the value and veracity of such shall one day vindicate the vigilant and the virtuous verily this vichyssoise of verbiage veers most verbose so let me simply add that it is my very good honor to meet you and you may call me v i'm like you know he gets to you may call me v and it's like no shit like you know yeah okay um I mean, obviously, it's quite over the top. But people used to actually sort of talk like that. like at Relatively. Point, like, not obviously, yeah, not to that extent, but it's just... I had no idea you could string that many V-words together coherently, you know? I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. He lost me about halfway through when he was just saying words at some point, and yeah. it wasn't really comprehending. But, I mean, if you... I don't know. Like it all makes sense. Like actually, like it's not. It's not like just random gibberish. Um, no, he's that, saying something. Yeah, no, he's he is saying something. Like, and that's every time he speaks, it is. Yeah, him saying verily this vichyssoise of verbiage veers most verbose is just like him saying like sorry, no, that was a lot. Yeah, you know, but like he says it with nothing but v words, and it's like. like I, yeah. I, I enjoy that little and an incredible monologue, you know, on the part of Hugo Weaving because that's it's not that's a tongue twister. It's not easy to say. That was a that's yeah. that's quite the impression. And then Evie's only response being like, "Are you like a crazy person?" Yeah, like, uh, are, is, is, am I alive right now? You know, did these guys actually kill me? And I'm not here. You know, very stereotypical. Have to have the woman walking alone at night, and then the guys come up to her, you know, obviously, and, and the sexual assault, the gimme in, in comic book movies. But but this one, it's even better because they're the fingermen, or they're cops, you know, yeah. which adds that layer on top. And then you, it also introduces V quite badassly as well. Um, but no, you were, you were definitely right talking about how, like, his, it was his, like, spirit and, like, his passion keeping him going. Mm. Because, like, in that final fight scene... You know, he takes all of them out after they get the chance to reload. He was pretty, you know, he kept his word. Um, and, you know, after killing whatever, whoever the head of the CIA, I don't Creedy. Know, whatever, Creedy, yeah, Mr. Creedy. You know, after he kills him, you know, he, he's still staying like he's, like it's not really affecting him at all. But then the second, like, it's over, he's like, holy fuck. You know, he's yeah. like, shit. And, and like, he takes off that, like, yeah, the, the armor. knight's armor. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like is stumbling against the wall. I don't know if it was on really? purpose, but like his blood, blood mark. It was like a V too. Like it, it left like a little blood V, oh, like a little... which was kind of sick. I don't know if that was intentional or if it just so happened to smear that way. But that I don't believe. You know, it's not coincidence. If it seems like coincidence, it's probably not with V. Like this dude's yeah. been playing in this for quite some time, and I wonder how how deep it goes. Like he. He has been waiting for an inspector, you know, he's like, I've been waiting, I've been needing you, you know, and that was kind of all a ruse, I guess, in the first place, you know, it was Yeah, um, I, I take not- this to be less planned out so much as like, mm. I don't, I don't even know if necessarily, 
Cause there's this, there's this weird thing where they, that they allude to that he at the end is like, you know, I've done, I helped create this. Mm-hmm. It's time for them to create something. Yeah. And it kind of implies that V is, he's, you know, it, it sounds like he's getting insider information. What's going on? Like, did he at some point rock with the government of some sort? I think because like in my head, I'm kind of thinking like, like how far does it really go? And like, cause Evie, like that year that she spent or like, I don't know how long she was being tortured for. Not the whole year, but like a good right. chunk. Good you know, chunk, yeah. Being t- tortured for. And and who's, you know, it, it's is it a coincidence that both of her parents like died fighting like a revolution, you know, and like that she like do you think he just saves anyone? You know, like he he saved her very specifically. You know? and, and like I don't know, maybe he was just like he ne- he knew that at the end of this, he he wasn't going to be the leader. You know, like, he knew he couldn't get up and lead everyone with a mask, and, like, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's all dis, disfigured underneath. People would think that's wrong, you know, or whatever. Like, he, he knew it couldn't be him. And he knew, like, he, he was, like, on his way out of the world anyway. Like, this dude's old. I don't I don't know how old he is, but, like, he seems, like, could, like, they kind of make it out to be that it it, it was, like, he he's, like, the spirit of the the bomb, you know, like re- just reincarnated, like the guy who got hung or hanged. Yeah. Right any of the movie. Guy Fox. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's right. Was that an actual real thing in real life or was that just made up? Um, um I'm not sure. I doubt it. Uh, yeah. Guy. Fox. I believe he is. I believe he's a real guy. I don't know if he did all of this stuff. Well, I mean, like, did um, he almost bomb parliament back in whatever, you know, like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, Guy Fox, also known as Guido Fox, while fighting for the Spanish, was a member of a group of provincial English Catholics involved in a failed gunpowder plot of 1605. Remember, remember, the 5th of November. Like, and, and I was thinking, like, the 5th of November, you know, and, like, what, what the equivalent would be. Like, it would be, like, our new 4th of July. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like we celebrate 4th of July and we're like, oh, we're finally gone from England and all these colony, whatever. We're our own thing. But like, this would be like so much greater. I don't know. Like th- having a day like this, like a, oh, that would be one. He made it one to remember. That's for sure. I yeah. Mean, I mean, wow. Did this, I mean, I, and that's the thing. I mean, legitimately, it, with like the fireworks and stuff, like they're trying very clearly to evoke a certain sort of essence of what the holiday means, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I, I, independence, freedom, you mm-hmm. know? Like, uh, and like, blo- like, part of me is like, well, do you really, like, what would be the best way to actually go about, like, starting? a revolution like today and like to actually do things that would actually fix some problems and like in the u.s like what would be this equivalent you know like killing the cabinet members or like CIA, <laughs> and then like blowing up the white house you know or like that's oh like- and that's the thing is that like at this at this point we don't have an exact equivalent you know because yeah. we haven't reached to this point it's all that- like it's you know, we are, uh, I don't think we're well on our way or anything, you know, necessarily, but 
you know, we're not far off from being well on our way. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's like a couple, a couple things change, you know, in 20 uh, next year, you know, if Trump wins the nomination and Rob DeSantis is vice and then 2028 rolls around and they're like, throw Rob DeSantis at the top of the bill. That's frightening. You know, that's, that's scary stuff. That's stuff that could lead to the sort of like, uh, he's the, the people like that are outlawing the kind of shit they were locking people up for in this movie. You yeah, know, and the, that's the thing is that I don't think it really needs to arrive at like, oh, now we're fascist and like now we are like, like known outward. Like, I don't think it, it really takes that because like there are things that are happening in this movie that are kind of already happening now. Like, well, that's that. I think that's part of the point of this movie is that they don't. Uh, I think a lot of the citizens don't really recognize that they live in a fascist society. Yeah, like you know, they they sit down, they watch TV at night, uh, they they go to work, they have you know the only thing that really would clue them into being like, all right, well, this is this is a little, come on now, is the curfew, you know? But even so, they have like the curfew. The curfew is for your safety, like to, like on every banner, everywhere, all over the place. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I don't know. Like the, I think the, the closest thing, like the virus and whatever, that's, I don't really, I don't even know, really want to think about that. It's a little just too real, I guess right now, Right. but like the, like the CIA part and like the black bags, people disappearing, like for talking about things that you shouldn't get killed over, you know, like if (laughs) just because you had one idea like that idea is dangerous enough that the government is like, okay, we're just gonna get rid of you, you know. Like, and that's that's crazy. That like, like that makes you fear the government. Oh, like so much more. Like that. Like, there's no sense of safety whatsoever. Like with I don't know. Like, and I, it's just it's sad that he can make like a fake prison and make it so. Like how, like how it actually would be, you know, like you don't see the face at all Mm -mm. of him ever. It's always like it, it bright lights, everything like that. Like, I don't know. Like, obviously we have no idea when these people are taken, where they get taken to, if this is, you know, actually happening at mass. I don't know. Um, but like, it's, you hear of a lot of people who are making like scientific breakthroughs and, and doing research into like free energy and stuff like that. And then they just are off the map (laughs) they're just gone it's like i don't want to really believe that it's going on but at a certain point there's too many people and too many uh things that are lining up where it's not coincidence anymore you know yeah and that's the thing is that like uh a a perfect a perfect fascist state would lead you to believe you were not in a fascist state you know like it would it would not clue you in because there, there's something in like fascism knows it's fascist and it knows it's wrong to be so, you know, like it, no, like there's something inherently wrong with it and they know it's wrong, but they're, it's evil and they can't help but do it. If, if they are like, if you are at the top, like Adam Sutler or you are, uh, the people perpetuating the cycle of misinformation, like, uh, oh, what was his name? The guy who ran the news network. Uh, was it uh, Finch? Was that Finch? Let's see, that sounds kind or of. Or Dascom. Dascom. Ben that was Miles? It. Was that? 
Yeah. No, because Dietrich, that was like the comedy show guy. Yeah, yeah, right? he was yeah, uh, yeah, he okay. was the cool guy. He was the yeah. he was the gay guy who had a Quran and yeah. like took Evie in. Like that was a that was a dope ass character. I like Dietrich. Um, I don't need. Interestingly enough, John Hurt, the one who played the literal personification of Big Brother, one of my one of my shots that I was considering was at the beginning when the council is like lined up in front of him in their seats and he's on the giant screen and you have their little i know it's not a swastika but what's essentially their swastika um Mm -hmm. Uh, interesting about john hurt the guy who plays the high chancellor he was actually in the movie 1984 which is a which is a very large influence on this and he was the evie character really you know like he was he was like the 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 equivalent there um that's yeah what a yeah, Winston Smith in 1984. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Oh, there's even a V. Like a, I don't know, looking at the movie poster, there's a V, like Roman numeral V on the movie. That's kind of mm, yes. interesting. Wow. Oh, I don't, I might have to check that it's out. It's based on a book that I read in high school, the one by George Orwell, you know. Might have been, might have been on your curriculum. Oh, the, the, uh, oh no, I'm thinking Fahrenheit 451, I think. Similar vein, though, you know, it's a yeah, I think I do remember that book now, actually, like, I I don't think I don't know if I read it in my classes, but I, ah, I do kind of remember people reading that in high school, though, now. Yeah, no, it's I mean, it's very, very similar in essence to this movie as far as like what the message of it is. It's it's about the rise of fascism and the the dangers of it taking over and running our lives without us even really consciously being aware of it or being aware of it, and not being able to do anything about it until someone does something about it, you know, and. Uh, yeah. It's a scary thought that like how how deep are we already? You mm-hmm. know, like how like the. Like that is very real. Like the Patriot Act. Like after nine eleven. Like this is this movie's coming out right as this is happening. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's a very good chance this is being listened to. You know, probably not by a human right now, but it's being recorded. And there's words. Yeah, it's that being monitored. Said, you know, like you know, we've threatened we've threatened revolution before the Scooby Doo revolution, which true. which will like be televised. Yeah, this this is uh, it should be under required viewing. If you're if you want to join the revolution, um, this is yes. this is like this is up there with Scooby Doo. Um, this is a this is a damn good movie, man. I I really really enjoyed it, and uh, it's just got a very succinct sort of like another thing that I I loved about this movie was not only the story. I thought it was visually really really good. You know, yeah. um, I enjoyed looking at this movie. It uh, there's something in like film circles that like the people with the most interesting careers are cinematographers and uh, uh, directors of photography because the cinematography in this one is done by Adrian Biddle, who I did not know has done a lot of some of my favorite movies. And this was actually his last credit before he died in December of 2005. Um, but he was the cinematographer for Thelma and Louise uh directed by Ridley Scott from the 90s uh the cinematographer for Aliens which we covered directed by James Cameron uh the cinematographer for Willow directed by Ron Howard starring uh Val Kilmer and uh, Warwick Davis uh the Princess Bride 
uh, 101 Dalmatians, the live action one with Glenn Close back from the 90s and stuff like the the Mummy franchise. Uh, wow. Yeah, like a very, very solid slate of movies that that man worked on and uh, topped off the career with V for Vendetta. And like when I looked at that, I was like, man, this might be one of my favorite directors of photography coming in with Aliens, Willow, Thelma and Louise and V for Vendetta. Like that's that's some good shit right there. A lot going for it. I mean, like it was, you're right, like visually very nice to look at. And like all the action, if there was action, it wasn't so fast that you couldn't tell what was going on. Even Very, very well done. Could really tell what was going on, or even slow down. But like, even like the storytelling here, like the you kind of understood it was let's fight fascism and let's fight the government and everything like that. But then the twists that happened within the story, like I remember, I'm trying to think of like I felt like there was like three twists that happened like kind of within probably an hour of each other. But like, there's a lot of just t- like turns that you didn't really th- like i guess evie being tortured by v like that like yeah. her walking out into his house and like yeah this was all you're like oh damn man you're like okay maybe this dude is a little evil like so let's see what's going on what's his point here you know what i don't know man, I, I, i'm on v's side but after that i was like ooh, okay i you know i, I don't know but then i guess you know she, evie understood you yeah know? He's got be. his methods. He certainly, uh, you know, and, and, like his point was that, like, uh, you know, the monstrosities of the state turned me into a monster. Everything has these equal and opposite reactions. Mm-hmm. You know, they they commit monstrous acts. I become a monster. I do this to you. You follow through on my my revolution. You know, like it's and it, 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 that was my favorite scene. Uh, I, I went ahead and dubbed it when he when she walked out of there and he was just standing there with his gloves on he's like hello evie and she's like i'm sorry what the fuck dude you know like that that whole thing because it's the best performance i think natalie portman puts on throughout the movie save for the sequence before it where she is getting tortured in prison like that's whenever she gets brought into the interrogation room and she's not speaking and she's just kind of like like natalie portman can act her ass off but then when she has the panic attack with with the and he like holds her and stuff and he's like no 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 it's like it's 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 cool i get it you know like it's how you felt whenever you told them that you didn't want your your life didn't matter that you'd rather die behind the chemical shed and she was like oh Oh, shit yeah look at that it's a feeling we have no i don't feel like when she goes i don't feel anything anymore you know it's like oh man for for better or for worse here you know like they 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 got the job done you know and and this would be you know in in my head canon that she's the one at at you know ruling or or you know at at the the front of at the front lines i don't know the next generation whatever um but that that whole sequence of events is just nuts like actually thinking for ourselves that the government has Evie, and not knowing it's V, and then like hearing Valerie, like that story, the little and the rat. That's my scene. I think like mm-hmm. I, it was just so beautifully. I mean, it was like a dreamscape. You know, it was a time like from the harshness of torture. Like you jump back to that, and you would just tell that she like she grabbed the paper and was like, "That's all she cared about." You know, that's what was keeping her through everything. Mm-hmm. And like, um, but actually, just like those events. You know, like the 
um, her story coming out to her parents another, and yeah, like so many things that happened in that little little span of time, but encapsulated like the whole reason he's fighting, you know, like and then learning that Valerie is real. Yeah, was, he was that was not a layer of yeah, yeah not, deception, not, and that that's how he, you know, that like he didn't actually know Valerie. It was mm-hmm. just the person in the cell next to him. Yeah, she and, radicalized him. Yeah. The way he radicalizes her. You know, it's uh it's yeah. it's really compelling, man. And oh man, yeah, those those twists like right at the end there and then her going outside. Like I I, I was I was just pretty emotional, not at like the sense of like someone dying or you know, it's not like the normal emotion. It's kind of just like like oh my god, just imagine if this was you know, real, like, real. It's it's such a weird cry. Like, I'm not crying, but it's like, whenever she steps out in the rain, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, God is in the rain. You know, like, I, I, that's the only thing I'm thinking of, because I'm, I'm thinking of Valerie's story, and like, how beautiful that was, and, you know, how she said, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, this, what a beautiful, like, shot. And then it, it literally, like, calls back to him being born out of fire, her, like, in <laughs> And water. You well, know, and she's, you know, she's been reborn. She's truly yeah. free. You know, like that's what she, that's what he tells her where he's like, you, you're not afraid to die. Mm-hmm. You found, you found freedom. You know, she steps out into the fresh air, steps into the rain for the first time. And she's like, Oh God, like this is, it's a whole new world out here. I see, I see what's going on. And my favorite shot is the, the straight above straight above her like you fought like you are one of the raindrops coming down the camera is i was like that's that's pretty compelling i thought that looked really like, really good i just like the the first initial like her walking out having her arms up and then just a lightning strike that just like took across like the whole sky like i don't know it was just i don't know what in specific was my favorite frame but i know it's coming from that right while she's out there no, yeah, that was good. That was good looking. There's a bunch of good looking shots in this movie, man. There's a when he does take over the emergency broadcast system, mm. and you like half the screen is taken up by like a person's face looking up at it. Yeah, and it's kind of got this like diocesis going on with it, where it's like it's a split frame, but it's all in one. It's all in one shot. It looks really, really compelling. Um, and there's there's a few there's a few goodies in this movie, man. You know, whenever he pulls out the knife to protect her at the very beginning, and it's just it like all the the villains are blurred out, and all you see is the knife at the forefront. Like that looks really really clean. Like it, it's a it's a satisfying visual experience. This one. Um, I was looking through the pictures, forgot hope, forgot completely about the priest and like the bishop storyline yeah. there, and how you know and like the re- the reason they got there too was like. You follow the money, you know, tax records, that and the money, like that show shows it all. And they're like, huh, this priest was paid the most out of anybody. And now he's, now he's like a, a high mi- ranking member of parliament, you know? And that's like, yeah. that's interesting. Let's go, let's go check that out. And like, just seeing like, uh, like this one's a bit older than usual. Older? I hope not much older. And then like, I was just, ah, okay. Like, that's... Well, and it's all about the, like, the way they kind of laid out the people who V was taking out. Um, Everybody who's in a position of power were just rich. Yep. That's all. They Previously, they were just, they just had a lot of money. You know, like, this guy, the guy who is on TV every night spouting hateful propaganda, 
was just a guy who ha- was a major stockholder in a uh, pharmaceutical company. And they, they were like, have the cure or like the pill for the virus mm-hmm. that they already had because they knew they were releasing it or whatever. Like, yeah. and so they, they knew they were going to get rich off that. But then the, I think the most interesting kill that he had was the, the doctor who, yeah. who uh, was in charge of, I guess, Mark Hill, yeah. The virus or maybe like just actually, maybe, I, 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 I was, I don't know. The, seen, like, the experimentation and the virus side of this movie is a little confusing as far as like what the, the process of it was, you know, like, uh, I took it that they were just prisoners. They weren't sick and they were testing the cures on them, essentially, you know, like how to, how to get rid of the virus. And at least that's how I took it. But, Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that could, cause, cause they, they had, they said that the cure came out mysteriously right after the election, you know, like mm-hmm. right after he's in office, boom, here's, here's the cure. So like they, they definitely had it. Or they, or maybe they didn't have it before they released the virus. Maybe that's what the tests and stuff were for. But I thought it was like they had three locations where that it would spread the most. Mm-hmm. Um, like one was a school. I guess one a prison doesn't really make sense uh, for it to spread. Uh, maybe to cops, I guess. The guards and stuff could just go back spread it to their families. I guess that actually makes sense. But but uh, you see like the death toll was like small. You know, it was like a hundred whatever then like 400 yeah 10,000 up to 80,000 you know whatever it got to and like so i think it was was that they knew like this was whether it was testing just for scientific advancement or like just to create the fear i think this is like the the thing that they were they knew they had the cure they would get it somehow and sell it and they would all be safe but mm. It's like it's it's way better than a nuclear bomb. Like I think they even talk about that. They're like nuclear bomb takes out the economy, takes out everything. You know, like you have to rebuild everything, but imagine if you could just take out the people and be completely safe yourself. Yeah. Um and leave everything else intact and that's yeah, a scary thought. Um that's that is probably how warfare would go like today. Like that is like we we did drop two nukes you know, on very populated cities. And we were like, oh, okay, yeah, that, you know, we had that ability, but maybe we really shouldn't have done that. Right. Uh, but yeah, that that doctor, like, she, she, I mean, she was, like, self-aware enough to to know. She was like, you know, is, is it too, does it even, is it even worth anything to apologize? You know, like, she knows that she's dead. She knows... That what she did was completely wrong, um, and I love how how like clean kind of her death. You know, like yeah, I already killed you ten minutes ago. Mm-hmm. While you're asleep, you know? Well, like, and I think there's something that that kind of reflects the greed of the people who are responsible for the creation of them. You know, uh, she's she works in a morgue. She's just kind of like right. She she didn't elevate to some high position where she rolled in the cash and, and she became huh. like, she, she just continues doing what she does because she knows what she did was wrong. And she's also like her name, like she's got a different name and she's not officially like, 
did I like I yeah that's I, something I, that I can't give this movie full credit for is that there's there are elements of it that are a bit confusing mm-hmm. um where it's just kind of like ah oh, well I don't I don't fully understand what happened here or why we got here I get the general gist mm-hmm. but I'm like the the specifics of why like because it's a lot it's a lot packed yeah, into this two a hours lot going on these identity like Rockwell that one guy but then it was all just makeup and yeah Rookwood and stuff. Uh, so that, like, that was a little, like, yeah, there's just, yeah, a lot of moving parts, that's for sure. And I think maybe it's, it's, uh, maybe on purpose to kind of, like, to show how that, I mean, that was his plan to keep everyone on their toes and guessing and not know, you know, while he could t- carry out his plan and everything in the background. Um, cause I mean, he, he obviously, he knew who he wanted to take out, but like, pro- and he knew, he gave himself a year. You know, that was a thing, like, what a, kind of a smart thing to do, instead of, like, trying to change everything in a day, you know, and make everything, like, hey, come, stand with me, you know, no one's gonna, like, it's just one message on TV, not gonna convince, you know. Yeah, a year's worth of activity, opening people's eyes, or trying to, and then letting them see for a year, and then being like, like, he even says, hey, if you don't see it, you don't have to be there. You could just you could just keep going about your day. If you do see it, however, come on down. And at the end, nobody's watching TV. Nobody's sitting there. They've all seen it by then, so they've all decided to take to take to Parliament. And it's like that's a really compelling, if not uh, if if not entirely realistic, uh, mm. bit of uh, filmmaking, which I really really enjoyed. You know, I, I I didn't want realism. There's not a lot like I I don't want that. I want like because. You know, there there are almost certainly people who would be like, ignorance is bliss. Fuck this. You know, I don't think there would. But the idea of an uprising that everyone takes part in, that's very satisfying. Oh, yeah. No, and even the the military that was all stationed there, you know, they were like, no call from no call from anyone. You know, no higher-ups are saying anything. You know, and they're like, all right, well, stand down. You know, they were like. I'm, it, uh, what did I miss with Creedy pulling up with. High Chancellor Sutler and then executing him there. Yeah. So that was, uh, V went to his house. Yeah. And, well, after he talked with the inspector and was like, I, you need to look at the inspector. I don't want him to do anything. I don't want him to breathe without you knowing about it. So they're like, mm-hmm. you put surveillance on him and I'll come back whenever I trust you enough or whatever. Yeah. So keep him busy. But then he goes to Creedy's house and is like, you know, I'm I'm here, whatever, I could kill you, I'm not going to, um, you know, the only way um, that you will get me is if you give me the, com- or the chancellor. He's okay, like, I don't know, are- I guess that, that must have just slipped between the cracks for like, me, because like, uh... He said, like, you were trusted, you're trusted enough, you're in his circle, where anything you say is, is strong enough to where, like, they could, they'll actually believe it. So, gotcha. he was like, if you capture him we kill him, then I will give myself up to you, is, like, what he said. Yeah, and he's um, like, you can try. You can try and take me, you know? Like, that's uh, yeah, and then pretty the, hard. He's like, what's I the guess, last... What, he's like, the last thing you'll feel is my, like, you'll die with my hands around your throat. Whoa! Yeah, I mean, that that fine <laughs> delivery there, like, that was nuts. He's, you know, telling every... Like, all of them, like, yeah, I mean, you... you know, oh, I guess they try to take off his mask first, you know, the two guys, and they just done you know just yeah, the way the the knives have like the wisps oh, coming off of them yeah. in that final scene hard yeah and then he's like you know you, you can 
you can try to shoot me all you want, but just hope by the end, you know, and hope that at the end of all of these bullets that, you know, that they will kill me. Because if if not, then I'll, all of you were gone before. Yeah, you if not, you're all going to die. And they're like, what the bollocks? You they're know, like, open like fire. A, I love bollocks so much. Like, it's uh, it, it feels like that's just, like, kind of the the go-to kind of... I don't know, like, what's the equivalent? Maybe just, like, a... It can mean a lot of things. It can mean, like, fuck. It could mean shit. Uh, it literally means balls. Is that actually what it means? Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Like, testicles. Bollocks. Bollocks. Wow. I I never... Huh. I'm pretty sure. I might be... I'm, my, the British The British mutuals might be... Uh, bollocks. Is it C-K? Ball cock. Yeah, testicles. Balk, if you move, yeah, it's like, it has the word ball and cock in it, pretty much. Yeah, wow, okay. The testicles. Used to express contempt, annoyance, or defiance as the second definition. Bollocks. One, testicles. Two, annoying, you know, or whatever. That's that's pretty good, but, um, yeah, I mean, he, Dr. Creedy, you know, he, the only, the only thing... We have in common is that we're both about to die, you know, or whatever. Yeah. How, how do you figure that? And he goes, "Well, with my hands around your neck." And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, this, like he, he, I don't know, and that he wasn't ever really like that before. Uh, he's a lot more elo- like eloquent, but whenever he knew he was about to go, he's like, "All right, let's." Uh, he turned it up a notch a little mm. bit. I think. He and. It was that passion and everything that fueled him because I, I really, I really did like, like at the end, how he's stumbling and he's like, oh, right yeah. after it's over. Like, I mean, because he's still like as he's choking him, Doctor Creed or Mister Creedy, whatever, he's like still portraying that it's like not really affecting him and that he's gonna live through this, you know. In in Creedy's eyes, like he's like, holy fuck, like who is this guy? Like, yeah, what the fuck? And then like right after the deed's done, he knows. I guess. um he was just hoping that uh, that Evie wouldn't have pulled the pulled the lever by then, you know, right? Uh, or did he even think he was gonna make it back there, you know? Or like, did he think he like? Because I thought for a second that like the train would have been heading there, you know, where he was, and that it would have blown up wherever they were, but they weren't at the Parliament Building, right? Like, they were off somewhere else, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I don't know. It was it was nice to. I guess have that scene wherever they're they're back together and whatever, but it, that was just kind of the weird thing. Like I, I did get kind of like the the father figure, not like a couple, you know. I not guess he, romantic. He did kind of like want to dance with her and and like do like sort of things like that. But it, I really just kind of got the feeling that he he was just so lonely that he just appreciated the company. Mm-hmm. Like, and not really like wrote in a... Well, and that's a, the thing is that like there's there's an interesting element to this movie where I don't think V really reciprocates a lot of the romantic interest that Evie kind of expresses. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that uh, Evie kind of spearheads a lot of it. She's the one who kisses him at the end of the movie and he literally has no means of kissing back. We we have no we have no idea if he if he was trying to kiss her underneath there if he just sat there and saw it happen like he just he's just kind of there it's the 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 lips yeah. of the mask you know so I think there's a there's certainly an element to it that feels uh, odd mm-hmm. the romantic pairing there um, 
but uh I, I I also don't I kind of view it the same way that I viewed uh other relationships in movies where oftentimes we have feelings for people that we have no idea how to express beyond what is typically the most obvious way to express affection which is typically romantic you know like uh so i think that in this moment there because right before that whenever he like asks her to dance and that shot of them dancing with like the disco ball like lights like that was another one that i was considering but whenever he asks you know like can we dance and he's like she's like on now on the eve of your revolution and he's like my line a revolution without dancing is is not worth having uh is a revolution not worth having yeah, I mean, I would like, you know, I'd like to think that if there is some revolutionist out there that, that does, you know, take take to to all this stuff, that their life could be like this at home and all elegant and nice and relaxing. But it's probably hell all the time, you know, mm-hmm. like if, if this is in real life, like and you're, you're doing this for real, like I don't think you really get a chance to to slow down. I don't know, maybe there are 872 songs on this thing and I've never danced to any of them. Oh, yeah. Poor, like, what is, again, I don't know, I think it's right before she's leaving, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, and she's about to leave, and she, he's like, yeah, I know, or whatever, but, but then he's like, yeah, what they did to me was monstrous. Like, whenever he starts to, like, oh, yeah, I think that was it, whenever uh, Evie was like, how is it that you, you can kind of know everything about me, but I don't know a single thing about you, mm-hmm. you know? And he's, like, starting to open up, and he was like, yeah, what they did to me was, was just monstrous. And, like, I just hate, like, you kind of saw, like, the the hate, but he's, yeah. he's just, like, transferred all of that hate and, like, just balled it up and let it all go with Dr. Mm-hmm. Creedy there. You know, like, I feel like that was the moment he was waiting for. Um, Dr. Creedy. I don't know why I said doctor. Mr. Creedy. Mr. Uh, Creedy. Yeah, just... But I don't know, this, like, I was very, very pleasantly surprised. I, I, I knew I liked this movie whenever I first watched it, but I didn't know if I if I liked it because it was an actual good movie or where I was just a kid and, and whatever. I, I saw a lot of cool knife throws. And, and there's there's like something that. cool about this movie where it's just, uh you know, it, it another one where, like, last week it, I was like, Constantine's really just here on a technicality, you know? Uh <laughs> This one, it, it's very much so much more based on a graphic novel and, and stuff, but, you know, this doesn't feel like your typical comic book movie by any means. It feels like it's just a, it's just a standard old fucking movie that you're, you want to watch. And, uh, this, this will be far from the last time I watch it. It, uh. Oh yeah. No, this, this will definitely be revisited quite often now. This mm. is, I don't know. I, I really, I was, I remember I, like, whenever we were getting here, I was like, man, I can't wait just to get here. Like, I, I don't know why. I don't really remember why I like this movie, but I, I know I want to get to this one. And I think partially it was because you haven't seen it, and it was a movie that I have seen, which is rare. Mm-hmm. That's that's very rare. Um, I think that was part of it, but I don't know. I think I, I just feel like I remembered there was something special about this movie, and that's, yeah, yeah you're, you're right. Like, out stuff. of just general movie, like, even, not even on the comic book scope like just as a movie this is you can really recommend it to anybody you know like i don't know it's it's not not a movie i don't know i guess some people i it's not i could see some people hating it and disliking it for how over the top and stuff that that he is but but I, that's 
kind of just the whole point of the right. movie that that it it's the uh, it's it's not the person you know that's doing like that's doing it, it could be anybody under there it could be different it could be multiple people for all they knew you know it could could not just be one person um and the i don't know i love how like this mask like is actually used as like for anonymous and yeah like, anonymous for, and like today which is pretty cool um and like now just watching the movie like i guess was it used before then because like yeah, i guess in the graphic novel it was it was already in, like looks like that yeah and like we said guy fox is a is a historical figure yeah. and that is a so i wonder i wonder it's a mask how, that's existed for some time that's kind of sick like to think like back in 1605 or whenever that was this dude it was actually looked- created by the illustrator David Lloyd of V for Vendetta. Oh, wow. Okay, so not real in history then. But I, that is kind of crazy that that story is real, though. Like, of Guy Fox, like, almost blew up Parliament, got killed in front of every, you know, everyone saw his, his hanging. And, like, I, I thought that was just made up for the movie, you know, just because it fit really well. But Right. Uh no, I guess the Chancellor is made up for the movie, but it he's literally Hitler. Um Yeah. Like pretty in the, like so I like all the things are made up but very, very based Yeah, they're based they're based in reality, you know. It's uh that's that's what's that's what's scary about it, man. You know, this this rise of fascism can be subtle. It can sneak up on you and when it does, you're kinda of fucked. You know, you got like until someone does something like what V did, you know, and that's uh that's scary shit, man. That's scary shit. But uh, I think all we have left is our favorite character and performance, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and character. I don't know. I, I'm kind of. Um, I think this one. I like Natalie Portman's performance. I think more just because I, I could see it more, you know, and, and like mm. all the the crazy emotions that she had to go through. Um, but you're right in saying that this is. One of the best mask act, you know, just the whole kit that comes with it. Like he's, I wonder how much of it is actually Hugo weaving in there. Like in the, like I, I really wonder how much of it is voice work and just legit. But right, I, I think I'll have to give mine to Natalie Portman for performance, uh, for the scenes you mentioned, like her panic attack after she's coming out, like and the torture right. itself. Um, and then. Like, even, uh, whenever the cool guy, the cool comedy, who, oh, what was his name? Uh, Dietrich. Um, after he's, like, getting taken in the black bag over his head, and she's, like, under the bed, and, you know, but she, the mistake she made with her parents is that she said, Mom, or Mommy, whatever, you know, and, like, they, that's how they knew she was under the bed, but this time she stayed quiet. Yeah. Uh, and, like, that, like, just all the, she had to go through a whole wide range of emotions in this one, so I, I really liked Natalie Portman. Um, and that's what I remember the most out of the movie. I remembered, remembered her the most and, um, but I like, I, I can't go with, with anyone. I think V has got to get the character for mm. me. Uh, just he, I mean, he was a character that, I mean, he was like yeah. kind of playing a character almost, you know, whether it was, that's just how, when, you know, he went a little insane and in, in his cell, you know, he, he was in a cell, the fifth cell, Roman numeral V and now he's obsessed with the letter V, but also you have Valerie, 
the the girl who kept him, you know, kind of through, and maybe that's why he's obsessed with V. You know, I don't yeah. know, like uh, all these things to think about, which is is really cool. Well, you know, he's like God. He does not play with dice, and he doesn't believe in coincidence. You know, he's like if I if I was in cell five V. And the girl next to me's name was Valerie V. There must be some reason V is important to me. You know, like that's. Yeah. No, I, I, I was always like, I'm trying to figure out who he is, you know, like who we could be. But I, that's. It's I truly don't. Him, like, oh, yeah, like it's, it's you don't even want to know. It's it's better to leave him like it's it's. I think even the audience, you kind of want that scene to have him unmasked just to see what he looks like, you know, mm. not even to figure out who he is, but just just to see his face, you know, like you, you kind of have that feeling like I, I don't want him to be unmasked for the whole idea and the whole point of his character. But there is still some point, point like part of me that's like, just want him to take off the mask. You know? Well, I, don't know. I think the closest we get to seeing his face is whenever he goes undercover as Rookwood. Um the way the light's hitting his face, those aren't just wrinkles, man. That guy's scarred. He looks, he looks, he's Deadpool-esque, you know? Yeah. Uh, the way his hands look is the way the rest of him looks. Um, so, and that's the other thing is that, like, I don't think it would have been, even if they did reveal his face, it would have just kind of been like, oh, we're putting a face to the man. Yeah. Cause I don't think we would have known who he was. We would have just, we just yeah, would have seen his face. This figure, yeah, nothing, like, I don't know, would have, because I really thought that they kiss. I thought I remembered her lifting the mask up mm. and, and kissing him for some reason. Because um, it is, I don't know, kind of, like, it makes sense to kiss the mask. Because that is, I think that's actually what V would want. You know, mm -hmm. he's like, there is a face behind, or there isn't a face behind here even, you know. Like, yeah. that's not who I am. You know, that's not me. Um, so I do yeah, think it's whenever whenever uh the scientist lady is describing he looked at me there were there were no eyes but i could tell he was looking at me i could feel it you know like that guy he's got he's got some shit going on under there you know what i'm saying like that's not uh yeah, yeah but no, uh no, no, you know that that is his face that's that's the face that evie has come to know as v you know when she goes in for there's almost this moment after she pulls away from that kiss where she kind of like she like kind of realizes she just kissed a mask you know, and she's kind of like, man, like, that's just your face to me. You know, like, that's what you look like. That's what you sound like. Every like, that's who you are to me. And so there's this uh, and that kind of plays into her last. You know, the last little line of dialogue she gives before it cuts to credits where she's like, uh, you know, he will always mean like the symbol will always mean something to them, but it'll never mean as much as he did to me. You know, like mm -hmm. it was very her connection to this cause was much more driven by this guy than it yeah. was truly the idea because, you know, she comes into it and she's like, I'm sorry that I'm not like my parents, you know, like, I'm sorry. I don't have the fight in me that they did. I just don't, I just don't. But, uh, he finds that in her, he ignites it in her and she kind of becomes the person she always kind of wished she was, which is why Evie is, I flip it. Evie is my character mm -hmm. and Hugo weaving is my performance where I feel like the development that Evie sees over the course of this film kind of lent it kind of lent her to become my favorite character. And uh, V was very, very close. You know, I know he has his, like the only thing that I ended up being like, Oh, you know, hard to like the guy uh, for torturing Evie and locking her in a cell. I know he had, I know he had his reasons and I get, I get that. But like, uh, 
I was like, I feel like there's probably a different way to go about it. But, you know, in his mind, there wasn't. And in Evie's mind, she understands that. And I completely get that. So, that's you know, for the story, knew. it 100% works. But ultimately. And he knew it worked for him. Yeah. Because that's what he went through. So exactly. he's like, well, I can try to think of some nicer way to do it. But I know one way that will, pro- you know, will work. It arms you. It arms you against the system whenever you are locked away and treated that way by what you think is the state. You know, because Valerie, the cell next to him, you know, just she didn't. She was literally just gay, so that's why she was yep. taken. So like nothing. V could have done. Could have just been gay as well, or maybe yep. he was like, um, like tr- trying to start or like have revolutionary ideas because he was obsessed with Guy Fox and like that story. And, like, that's, I mean, what he did, you know, using the tunnels and putting a bomb under Parliament. That's what Guy Fox was about to do. Yeah, and, like, how did the the facility blow up on the 5th of November? Did we ever get that information? Like, on how Parliament blew up? No, he, like, when he rises from the ashes and he's in fire, that happened on the 5th of November. Oh. So it's just like oh. another layer where it's like, is is that why he attached himself to Guy Fox so hard? Because he was like, oh, the fifth of November, nothing's coincidence. I believe like this is this is my drive, this is my life now, sort of thing. Or, oh yeah, or is, is there something was... more going on where like he did, did that on the fifth of did November? They actually, explain that. Like, I don't think they did. Because I guess it was the prison. Hmm. And they were testing the virus and everything there. Maybe it was getting out of hand and the government's like, blow it up. Like, new, like bomb it, maybe? Yeah, and I think, that's a, I think that's a distinct possibility because I'm pretty sure the prison was another one of those things where they were like, oh, there was a suspicious explosion that killed this many people. And like that was a part of the whole snowball effect. Huh. It just didn't kill this guy. That's um, right. Oh man. Which happened on November 5th, you know, like, cause she's going through the dates explaining, you know, like, I saw them and I couldn't help but feel like they were pathetic, you know, and, uh, then she, she's going through the dates and she gets to November 5th and it, it blew up and this, all this happened. And it's like, it's just interesting to see. Hmm. And again, the fifth V. This is true. Okay. Wow. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of fives. Coming mm-hmm. up here, um, yeah, I, d- I didn't even think about how the building blew up at all. I just kind of was like, yeah, well, it blew up, and that's how he was, you know, kind of his origin story. November you know, how- also the only month in the year in the year that has the letter V in it, which is no. like. Ember comes after the letter V, and there is, is it fire. Wow, yeah. that's kind of cool. I don't know. Now, now I'm just I'm I'm going crazy. Um, but I, but she huh. steps into the rain. No embers. Still V though. Wow. Yeah. No. That. Why did that hospital? Yeah, that's kind of crazy. They did, I don't know. Maybe they did touch on it because there was just so much. There's going just on. a lot of information pumped at you in yeah. this movie. You know. Um. There kind of had to be, especially when you are adapting like a 10 issue graphic novel. Yeah, like I think the the changes they made were fair. Like in, I mean, I, I don't really know like if I want this movie to be shorter. Like I remember coming off Constantine being like, yeah, yeah probably shorter. 
I think I think this movie necessitated its runtime and maybe even needed a little more. You know, yeah, like it's uh, benefited from a little bit more. Yeah, um, like I think if it, if it was two and a half hours instead of two hours twelve minutes, and we get a chance to flesh out a little bit more of these ideas, um, I think I think it could only because there's this pace to this movie that's just kind of like boom, 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 boom. Things just keep happening, which is, I, you know, I, I like to read reviews after we do this from like film critics and uh, try to see how this movie was received at the time, because like most reviews for this movie are from 2006, mm-hmm. you know, so like it's, yeah. it's interesting to see the sort of lens they were viewing it through at the time. And I saw like so many things that said this, like, I think it was from The Guardian, like this movie is boring. And I'm like, what the fuck kind of movie are you watching, bro? Like, I, I don't, I don't know how you could possibly watch this and think it was boring. I, I yeah. that, that was just kind of bizarre to me. But, uh, I mean, I'm like, there's every, I guess, I, maybe it starts on, I, like, what? I'm trying to think of, like, where it's really even boring. Cause, like, when you start to get into, like, his plan and it's unraveling, it's like, it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, like, that, Tension's just building and building the whole time. Like, maybe... Yeah, like, what? When is it boring? Um, I don't know. That, I, don't, I don't get that, really, at all. Um, I don't either. I don't yeah, either. I, I think... I mean, you know, maybe, maybe it was how long it needed to be. Uh, maybe maybe longer wouldn't actually do, do well. Like, I, I think... Maybe that's... Just because it is, like sitting in a movie what is this two hours and yeah 12 minutes yeah so i mean it's it's pretty average though i guess for a movie it's not too long right Mm. like you know okay i was kind of reminded of kill bill and i scroll down imdb and see that like it was kind of like uh had their list you know of, of the people they needed to kill but this one's just very a lot you know not just secret whatever people these are very known people um but I was kind of remember reminded of Kill Bill while watching for some reason. I'm like, this is Beatrix Kiddo if she mm-hmm. at, at like her maximum peak, taking over like the world and overthrowing fascism or something. Um, but in, I don't know in a completely different way, like different veins, obviously. But um, oh yeah, like the Truman Show. That's that's pretty good. That's a I don't know movies that I guess the Big Brother idea. Or whatever. I, I, that's the thing. I've never. Uh, is that a movie, like Big Brother, or is that just like the concept, like an idea of uh, like the TV show Big Brother? Ah, uh, TV show. There. It it's is. a reality TV show where they're always being watched in their house and stuff. Oh, it's reality TV, not even like fiction. It's no. Oh. Wow, I had no idea. I my whole time, my whole life. I thought Big Brother was like this movie or something where it was like Truman Show esque or, you know, oh. fascism has taken it like they are watching your every move, like sort of thing. Um, not no, just a reality TV show. That's wow. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess the idea. It's the idea behind it. The that's, idea. Yeah. So. There was an idea. Mm. Yeah. Seeing. Uh, yeah. Maybe the uh, under undersung character nod or underdog character nod goes to Dietrich. Oh, uh, big the, time! The comedy guy, yeah, like 
I guess he had his he had his little sexual addict or whatever collection over there, and that was the only part of him where he was like, yeah. Well, I, it was kind of his way of explaining, um, like kind of keeping himself because like it was women over there in those paintings and stuff, right? Like I I, didn't I thought like, it was men. I thought I was, it was I, I thought was oh, okay, maybe I just didn't look close enough because that that's I was like, man, it would have made a lot more sense if those were men. Over no, there. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he's gay, and that's okay. what that's what. Yeah, I mean, like, I, yeah. I got that idea. I was like, okay, so he's hiding. Like, I got that. Um, but I, I for some reason, I thought that they were all women, and he was like apologizing for them, like the paintings being women sexualization. Yeah. Um, but then he started to get into like how. No, oh, yeah, know, I kind of kind of took that to be like the only vestige of himself he can comfortably yeah. display anywhere, and it's in this yeah. back room. Where he's with a hidden yeah. trapdoor knob. Yeah, kind of like Nope. Um, I like whenever the. Oh yeah, the like he's like check yeah, this shit out. But a little different, I guess. That's like he's glorifying his own experience and like his own trauma, wrapping like yeah the trauma behind it as if it's something cool and collectible. But this guy actually sees like the beauty and everything. He's like, yeah, that's the Quran, a copy of the Quran. Well, and that's that's another thing that makes it so important that this came out amidst the Patriot Act and post nine eleven and everything is that like one of the express things that they like at the very beginning where he's they're running through all the things that are disgusting about society and he's like uh, homosexuals and Muslims and terrorists, oh, yeah. you know, and like the Quran has been outlawed. If you have the Quran, you're going to be executed, you know, like that's, that's demented, you know, like that's, that's not cool by any means. And, yeah. you know, yeah. she's like, are you Muslim? And he's like, I know, but I don't have to be to appreciate the poetry and the, the, the pictures painted and such. And I was like, you know what? I like he you, is. Dietrich. Stephen Fry's, he, in something, I felt like he he just looked really familiar. I don't know why. He's in the Sandman. I still haven't watched that. I need to. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know why he just seems so familiar for some reason. He's been in a lot of stuff. He was he was pretty solid in the Sandman. I I enjoyed his character in that. Um, as sex education. Nothing's re- the Hobbit. I don't think that's it. Veep? Yeah, he's been in some shit. Sherlock Holmes? Game? Oh, that's a game. Or maybe. I think huh. it's the other, uh, it's the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock movies. Harry Potter Goblet of Fire? Oh, no. Narrator video game. Man, <laughs> what? I, f- I don't know why. I feel I just feel like there's something that i just can't quite land well there was a comment that emily made while we were watching this where she kind of couldn't tell every time she looked up the difference between a lot of the characters because you know uh, finch and dietrich and uh creedy and all of them just all kind of look the same they do kind of look the same i was i was about to say because like uh looking at imdb even it was kind of being like it's kind of tough to yeah, like, their character names are there, but, like, to differentiate which one, like, is still tough. Um, I don't know, you're, that's, that is true, but, yeah, Dietrich, like, basically getting killed over a SNL sketch. Um, yeah. Which is, ah, man, yeah, that, every, every high power death was nice, but then the, every, all the, the people that, that, uh. The assassinations. Yeah. 
3D took was was not. I, I did not not like those. I didn't like that. I didn't like um, that. But yeah, all right. I think I just wanted to to give Dietrich uh, mm. some, some some flowers. Thank you. I dig that. I dig that. He deserves it. He was a great character in this movie. But uh, what do you want to do first? Do you want to give this movie a rating and then place it in the rankings? Because this is our twenty fifth movie in the project. Um. Uh, I already, I already have my place in the ranking, I guess. I've got it I, set I, on mine, too. I know where it's going. Um, so, I mean, the, the ranking, I don't think, is going to change that. Uh, so All I'm, right. Then I say I'm we start with the rating, and then we can get to the ranking on a personal note. And we'll kind of, uh, since it is 25, I say we just go ahead and rattle them off top to, top to bottom or bottom to top, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. But let's let's go ahead and rate this bad boy. What do you... uh? How are you feeling about this enjoyment wise? I feel like this is a this is the highest we've had in a few weeks, I would yeah. say. Oh yeah. Um Yeah, like Spider Man two, that's an eight two five. I like I I don't that that's where I'm like I'm debating right now. Is like do do I like this movie more than Spider Man two? Um mm. I can tell you assuredly I do. I, um, I think the, the I'm the reason, reason I'm the reason that movie got an eight two five. You know, like I I talked us down big time on that. You know, like that's something to keep in mind. But I no I I and I know that like I I know like that's I know all of this. I know how much I love Spider Man and like I am I think I Spider Man one. Like I, I don't. Nothing will will beat that for me. Like the nostalgia, mm-hmm. if it is nostalgia, I don't care. Like that movie's too too ingrained into my brain in my childhood. No, I get that for it to to really mean anything. But two, I can kind of I can kind of get behind putting this above that. Yeah, um, I I have this on a personal note as the best enjoyment rating since Spider Man two thousand two, okay. which it's been a couple months since then now. Um, because yeah, because I, I and then I kept climbing the list, and I'm like X Men Two or X Two, yeah, definitely. Batman Forever, yeah, like definitely. And then Mask of Phantasm, and I'm getting there, and I'm like, I mean, it's like it's a nine, it's a nine or a nine two five, and yeah. uh, okay, I'd be comfortable going with nine. I think you know, I don't think I want to elevate it above Mask of Phantasm necessarily. You know, I think that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I do though. I did really enjoy this movie, but uh, I don't know. I I think it kind of does deserve that bump. Anyway. All right. Hey, I I, you, ain't, you ain't gonna get, hear a peep out of me. I was trying to be. I was trying to be conservative with it. Oh, I, I'll I take a nine two five here. I think it does. Uh, it does deserve it. So okay, I'm, I like that. Four then get a nine two five. Let's go. Okay. Genre wise, it's it's doing it's firing on a lot of cylinders, very close to all of them. Um, I think you're looking at another floor nine. Yeah, no, I was I was thinking like it it would not a ten. I didn't think you know, but like damn, getting like there was that little bit of hesitation. So I guess nine seven five would be my max. But then I was Spider Man two is a nine five. Um. Spider-Man, Mask of Phantasm, and Superman at 10s. 
Um, yeah, it's not it's not that level, and, and I don't I don't even think it's Spider Man two level as far as the action adventure superhero comic book movie thing. You know, like I I don't think I would take it all the way up to a nine five. You know, like uh maybe another nine maybe another nine two five maybe a nine, but I I don't think I could comfortably tell you that it's. I think this movie knows what it is, but it's not uh. Like there are there are better versions of this movie, you know. I think that mm. like uh, even the 1984 movie from 1984, I think is a is a better is a generally better movie than this, as far as this this genre is concerned, you know. Uh, so is nine sort of too high still? Do you think dystopian drama? I, and I don't think a nine's too high. I think a nine would kind of if if the standard for that dystopian sci-fi drama is 1984 out of 10 i don't think it would be a huge step down from that you know like i do think it would still be a nine um okay so i, I i'm comfortable at a nine slot it in there because I, I, I mean i i really think they they knew what they were going for here you know this was hmm. and not not shy about it that's for sure you know like there are some movies that they don't want to tip they want to like tippy toe this line of saying right. like fascism is bad and saying all these things, but they don't want to make it so blatant that people will hate this movie, you know, just for right. that reason. Um, they, this movie, they were like, yeah, no, this is balls to the wall. Uh, we're going to be as clear, crystal clear, um, about where we stand. So yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I like a nine putting it just, you're right. It's not quite Spider-Man two, not quite Spider-Man and Superman, all that, but mm. I, I would, you know, like the next closest are Batman Returns and Batman Forever at an eight two five, and then Batman eighty nine at an eight, and Blade and stuff like that. So I, I do think it does do a little better than them. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I do like that. Okay. All right. There we go. Looking pretty good so far, I guess adaptation Indeed. wise. Um, adaptation wise, you know, I didn't uh, I didn't get a chance to read the comic all the way through, but I did get a chance to sort of look into what the comic is at its essence, look at the differences between the between the comic and the film, and it seems that they captured the spirit of the comic in a relatively accurate fashion. Um and generally taking a look at the differences, I do think the differences tend to work for the movie that they are putting yeah. forth, you know, um, and that automatically gives you, gives you a little boost, I think, as far as the adaptation is concerned. If you, if you are going to change stuff, make sure it's better. Don't, don't yeah. change stuff for the worse. And, you know, part of that is medium, you know, com comic books versus movies. Some things are going to work better on screen than they will on page. Some things are going to work better on page than they will on screen. And, uh, you got to know when those things come into play. And I think this movie was well aware of those, that sort of thing. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a perfect adaptation. I don't think anyone would tell you that, but um, yeah, apparently um, Evie was a little different in, in comics. Didn't, didn't see as much development. There was, there wasn't a hint of the, the romance. Uh, the public doesn't get involved. Like the ending is very different compared to the ending of the comic apparently so like uh there's there's a lot of stuff changed but i think it works really well for this movie they had to cover a whole year in two hours mm. you know and in like and it is one movie this isn't a a hundred two hundred you know page novel or whatever mm -hmm. whatever it happens to be you know there, there's a lot more detail in time that you can sit with and focus on the 
you know things that don't really matter uh, on the on the grand scheme. But but I think for the for the movie itself, like no change was detrimental. Like no change was like oh that was just wrong. Like they should not yeah. have gone gone that route. Um, if anything, they just made their points more clear, um, like the points they were trying to get across. Um, if it does happen to you know to not be exactly like it was in the novel, well, it's it's not always like it is in the books, you know. Yeah, yeah. Learn that from Constantine. That 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 could be a good thing. It can, um, and you know, it it doesn't hurt this one a lot by any means. You know, I think that out of out of uh, hesitation for me having not fully read it. I can't give it a great adaptation score, but I can't give it a bad mm-hmm. one. So yeah. that's that's sort of the thing. So I, I end up coming down at probably around a seven, which is kind yeah. of what we end up giving just all right adaptations in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that would be Batman 66, uh, mm. Superman 2, Howard the Duck, and Hulk 2003. Feels good. Feels good to um, me. Yeah. I do dig. I can dig that. All right. There we go now. Critically here. Um, Pretty damn good movie. Um, I think uh, I would elevate it on a few things that we've done in the past. The highest critical rating we've ever given was an 875, if I'm not mistaken. And that's both Superman and Mask of Phantasm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. And you're you're saying you're elevating that? No. I'm saying I I can't elevate it above that. Um, Okay. Okay, yeah, I didn't. I didn't think it was quite on the Superman or, or Phantasm levels there, but and I don't. I don't. I don't even know if it's quite Spider-Man eight five levels. You know, it's it's we're getting closer there. I think you are finding me somewhere in the eight two five or eight five. Um, I don't think I can go all. The, I don't think I'd go down to an eight and tying it with X Men. I think I'm definitely higher than that. Um, so somewhere in that range of eight two five. Yeah, putting it. Bel- Right below Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man is very, uh, very, pretty, pretty well made. Very cohesive. Yeah. Very, um, yeah. I couldn't put this at, at Spider-Man level, but, but X two. That's, I don't know. We we were very surprised with that one as well. As to, mm-hmm. like, uh, just for I don't know the X-Men movies. I guess I, I I'm still kind of watch. You know, getting all my watches in for that. But like that one. That one was one that surprised me of how well it was made. And I think this one just follows really like follows suit with that, that it was a movie that I knew I was going to enjoy. But then when I was watching this time, I'm like, wow, this is actually just pretty damn well made. Like this right. performance wise, Natalie Portman and Hugo weaving, like our, our two main characters just killed it. Um, at, like that's for sure. I don't think performances are really on the table. I guess like the chancellor, um, you know, like everyone's just kind of over the top and it's not like a bad thing. At, like I don't think it, it hurts it. it. It just they're playing their character. So I think performances were done very well. I think the the main gripe is that of how much was going on. How like you probably do get a little confused when you watch it over like mm-hmm. some smaller story details. But the bigger picture is never lost. Like it's it's always right. like we're fighting fascism. We're fighting this. We're you know, we're part of this revolution. We're taking out high ranking people. Like that that was really never out of the question. Um, yeah, I think I think eight two five would be fair there. All right, and that rounds the movie out to an eight point three eight and eighty four percent on yeah. our good old fashioned penny bloom a meter, okay. uh, elevating it above IMDb a bit at eight point two out of ten, um, where we are at eight point four out of ten, and elevating it above Rotten Tomatoes 
where the critic meter is 73% and the audience score is 90. So we, we found ourselves right in between there um, at an 84. Eight. 84% for V for Vendetta, which oh, is the best we've had since uh, since Spider-Man 2. Yeah, that puts it at number five overall on the project so far. Um, right above Batman Forever and X2 and Batman 89, Batman Returns, you know, all those. And I, I, I'm there. Like, I, this I is... Too. I'm coming back to this one uh, before any of those movies. And yeah. the, the ones that do give it a run for the money, or their money is, are the Spider-Mans and, and the Superman movie. So, like, yeah, it's it's in pretty good company. Yeah, this is one where I, I rented it, and about halfway through the movie, I was like, God damn it, wish I would have bought it, you know? And yeah. I, eventually, eventually I will. But uh, I was like, son of a bitch. All right. You know, I... I I tend not to rent things because I'm like, I'll probably like it. I'll probably end up, I'll probably end yeah. up watching it anyway. But I was like, ah, four bucks. I'll go ahead and shill that out. And, uh, cause it was like, if the discrepancy is like 15 versus four bucks, I'm like, I'll take the $4 one for now. If it's like eight versus four, I'm like, I'll watch this twice yeah. for sure. Um, and then I get my money back. Uh, cause that's how my brain works. Um, uh, but yeah, that, okay. Yeah. I mean, that, Kind of, I put it on my list, um, and it kind of just worked out, um, like average yeah, let's, wise. Because, let's, let's take it. Let's yeah, take it from the bottom up for our comic book movie journey ranking. We've got twenty five films now, and we each have our own personal ranking uh, in terms of enjoyment, and you know, kind of whatever you want it to be. You know, it can be in terms of enjoyment with a blend of quality, quality with a blend of enjoyment. I, mine is enjoyment priority quality is just kind of a second tier priority mm. there so it's kind of how i how i go about it but if you'd like to go about it go on ahead right well you, you just want to do one at a time or just the whole shebang yeah let's just um, just, just go go for it 25 up all right well 25 is pretty solidly Catwoman um at, at the bottom there for me and then 24 i have supergirl sorry ladies uh just the the two movies that we've covered that our female characters just weren't really the best, but um, that's where I got. And then 23 is where I have Blade 2. Um, mm. Out of the Blades was my least favorite. I like 1 and 3 way more. Uh, 22, Superman 3. Uh, kind of just a underwhelming movie, just kind of like a, yeah, it's there, but uh, the only way I'm watching it is if I'm watching all of them mm. in order. Um, one that might be a little low is Howard the Duck. I think it's just been so long since I've seen it, right. um, but it, it is enjoyable. Maybe it does deserve a little higher, but that's 21. I am actually going to cut you off there. We're going to do five, chunks of five, so I'll do like five, that. you do five, I'll do five. Like so that. we have the same bottom five, different different order, same bottom five. Okay. Uh, I've got Catwoman at 25, Supergirl at 24. I have Superman 3 at 23. Mm. I have Blade Two at twenty two, and I have Howard the Duck at twenty one. Wow. So we're we're on a similar we're on a similar note there with just the Superman and Blade Two switched. Wow. Okay. Next five starting up with twenty. This is where I have Blade Trinity. Um. Ooh. So still, I guess still a little maybe I don't know that one. I like it for for some aspects, but I guess. I'm not really just going to pop in and watch Blade Trinity, I guess. No, I get that. You know, I don't know where. But, I get that. Um, 19 is where I have Elektra. Uh, 18, I have the Hulk. 17, Constantine. And 16, 
Batman 66. Okay. I dig that. I dig that. We got a, we got some similar footing here, but not entirely, not the same five as the last one. At 20, this is where I have Batman 66. At 19, I've got Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Okay. At 18, I have Elektra. At 17, I have Hulk. And at 16, I have Constantine. Okay. Wow. Still pretty similar. Pretty similar. Three out of the five there. Okay. Or four out of the five, just in different spots. My, uh, my 15 is where I have Batman and Robin. Um, that one, I don't know what a, that, that's just kind of a crazy, hectic movie. That's Critically, the enjoyment. That's where the enjoyment factor enjoy- really yeah, kicks in. Yeah, I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. And then 14 is where I have Superman 4, Quest of Peace. Ooh, okay. So, so not, not too far off. I just really like, uh, I don't know, just the, the idea of the story there. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, I think, a nice breath of fresh air after Superman 3. Um, yeah. Definitely so. I just liked it a little more. And then 13, I have Blade, the, fir- the first one. 12, I have Batman 89. And then 11, I have Daredevil. We have the exact same five here, except for 14. <laughs> at 15, I have Batman and Robin. Uh, at 14, that's where I have Blade Trinity. Mm, okay. At 13, I have Blade. 12, Batman 89. 11, Daredevil. Okay, wow. Well, we're lining up. This, uh, my next five, I have, uh, See, I think I have this right. Yeah, for some reason I always get Batman Returns and Batman Forever mixed up. Mm. Um, but no, I do I do have them in the right places here. Uh, Ten is Batman Returns. Um, nine is where I have Superman 2. Eight is Batman Forever. And then seven is the first X-Men. And then six is X2. All right. All right. Yeah, I'm tra- I'm I'm checking out mine real quick. I haven't changed that part in a while and I I do feel a little little slightly different at this mm-hmm. point. But uh at 10, I have Batman Returns. Okay. At 9, I have the first X-Men. At 8, I have Superman 2. At 7, Batman Forever. And at 6, Spider-Man 2. Okay. Didn't quite make the top 5 Spider-Man 2 there. All right. 5 I have the movie we're talking about today, V for Vendetta. It's where it where it slides for me. Um, and my debate was if it goes above Spider-Man Two, which is my four. Mm-hmm. That's I can kind of seeing it slip up there, and maybe even over Mask of Phantasm at three. I like it. It could go anywhere from three to five. It's really how I'm feeling for the day. But I think Mask of Phantasm and Spider-Man Two are are more well-rounded movies for me like i i like them the enjoyment's all there but they're kind of i I feel like they're better made um and i i like spidey spidey's my guy so i really like so it's hard it's hard hard to put it above there um so yeah five v for vendetta four spider-man two phantasm three and then spider-man or superman the first one at two and then spider-man one at one for me. All right. Yeah, we've got three three out of the five here, or four out of the five in the top five are the same. Not the same spots, but the same movies. Uh, with my five spot, you know, you were debating Spider-Man 2, Viva Vendetta. Uh, I have X2 at five. Mm-hmm. Um, at four, I have Batman Mask of the Phantasm. At three, I have the movie we talked today, nice. Viva nice. nice. Vendetta. And I had him at two above spider-man but the more more i thought about it 
the more I know I'm going to go back to Spider-Man before I go back to Viva Vendetta. It's yeah. just, it's just a fact of life. There's too, there's too much there that I enjoy. Um, and at one, that's where I have Superman 1978. I, uh, I adore that movie. That's a classic and there. That, that it's, it, it'll be, it'll be quite difficult and probably quite some time before that is not my number one. Uh, yeah. and I'd say over time as I grow, maybe I do go out of the Spider-Man phase because I've been, been really liking Superman. I read hit like his comic. If I do read comics, I've, I've been going to all-star Superman. That's the one I'm the deepest in. That's the best. But, uh, I, He's he's growing on me a whole lot, and that one, I mean, it's up there with Spider-Man One. That's that's just kind of one of my favorite movies of all time, just mm. in general. Not not even talking comic books. That's that's just I watched the hell out of that movie, right? And, and for V for Vendetta, like actually making me think, like, is Spider-Man? Do I like this more than Spider-Man Two? That's 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 give, that's that's impressive. That's high that's praise. Nine. Yeah. So um, very surprised. On this watch, that's for sure. I thought this was just kind of going to be another middle of the road, um, just kind of like a not a whatever movie, but um, just not not what I I know. Like Batman Begins, like that's the one mm. that I'm kind of like I know that like I'm really gonna enjoy that like critically enjoyment everything kind of firing on cylinders there. Like I really like Batman Begins, but like this was the the one that I was just waiting to get to. Uh, mm-hmm. just so, so that you could finally see it, I guess. And, yeah, we're going on a, we're going on a run here that I'm very excited about. You know, uh, Batman begins next week where we will be joined once again by Claire De Janeiro, which I'm very excited to have her back. And, uh, she'll, she'll be back with us for that and Barbie on Wednesday. We'll be talking mm-hmm. that with, uh, the, the new Barbie movie. Claire De Janeiro will be there for both of those. So I'm very excited for that. Um, the week after that, we've got a personal favorite of mine. Far from the greatest movie of all time, but I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't love it. The Fantastic Four movie from 2005. I personally adore that movie, uh, very, very deeply. I remember being five years old sitting in the theater for that bad boy. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, X-Men The Last Stand. Yeah. That's crazy that I've, I've lived this long. No, I don't know. I, I've just never made it around to that, but I'll. You've never made it around to the Fantastic Four movie, huh? No, neither of them. Aren't there two? There are two, and we will get yeah. to that before long yeah. in a in a couple months. You know, that'll be before the end of the uh, the the next cycle of films we're discussing. You know, uh, before we take another break, we will get to the second Fantastic Four movie. But uh, you know what I'm what I'm really excited about is a couple back to back weeks. There was Superman Returns and Superman Two: The Donner Cut, and that's that's still a good month away. But I'm very excited for that. And uh, I can't wait to get there. But yeah, we got a, a pretty DC heavy for the next couple of weeks with a couple Marvel spliced right there in the middle. So I'm, uh, I'm very excited for that. The next month is going to be fun for this. And uh, we're still doing Game of Thrones rewatch. Winter is Blooming is going on right now. We are doing our director's spotlight. And, uh, you know, Christopher Nolan's just ended this week. We did Oppenheimer on Wednesday. We mm-hmm. saw that in 70 millimeter. It was an experience. We had to discuss it. Um, and you can listen to that. And we're, we're talking Greta Gerwig for the next couple of weeks for our director's spotlight. We're going, we're doing Barbie next Wednesday, uh, Little Women the week after that, and then Lady Bird the week after that. And I'm very excited for all, uh, that. So with that, I think I will ask that you go to patreon.com slash penny bloom pod where you can support this podcast financially. 
It's huge because it costs me money, and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. That's where I post up all sorts of written reviews, uh, comic book reviews, book reviews, movie reviews, all of that. Um, I would love if you check that out. For $3 a month, you can support us, and that's huge. Uh, or $1.50. We've got a $1.50 tier, which uh, you, you won't get access to audio con- content, but you will get access to written reviews. And uh, I feel pretty good about my written reviews, so you're not you're not lacking for content over there. Um, head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. Remember to leave a five star rate and review wherever you might be listening. Um, let's see, yeah, share us with a friend, you know, and I can't emphasize enough leaving that review. It helps a lot with our search metrics, mm-hmm. and uh, we we just haven't been getting enough of those. It would be a very very big help. Um, but yeah, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And a building is a symbol, as is the act of destroying it. Symbols are given power by people. Alone, a symbol is meaningless. But with enough people, blowing up a building can change the world.